Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports podcast, audio, media, radio network. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. You know the drill at Harp on Sports. Uh, Instagram at Harp on Sports. Twitter, Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports YouTube channel. And of course, harponsports.com. What do we have in store for you on this edition? A little NFL showcase is plural. A little Olympic spirit as the IOC and the Tokyo Games come out and say, "Mm, no protesting. Well, you can maybe a little bit, but for the most part, no. And Florida basketball player Keontae Johnson deciding that he is going to return after collapsing on the court and missing all of the season uh, due to medical issues. Okay, where to begin? Uh, A little NFL showcase is plural. The National Football League with a couple of announcements on this day. One, the NFL schedules are going to come out May 12th. That's what we're going to dive into here first. The other thing the NFL making an announcement on is a bunch of rule changes or a lack thereof rule changes. And we got a couple ideas of our own. I wanted to start off first uh, with the NFL scheduling and opening week, opening weekend. Everybody's thirsty for football. Everybody wants some action. Primetime games. It's great. Here's a chance to set the tone for the year. Here's a chance to put marquee games on the slab. That's why the defending Super Bowl champion always plays to start the year. So I went through and looked at this and I've come up with my opening primetime set of games to start the season. Opening primetime games to start the season. And also some day games here in the state of Florida. We know that the Jaguars and the Dolphins aren't going to be playing in primetime in week one. I get it. I get it. But I've got some compelling matchups nonetheless. Uh, Starting the year, the Buccaneers are going to start the year, of course, Thursday night, opening night. Going to be at home. And going through and looking at their home schedule, got the perfect game to start the year. The perfect game to start the year for the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers hosting on opening night. The Dallas Cowboys. I know we can play the Packers. I, yeah, but I want to save some of those, some of that stuff for later on. I do. The Cowboys and the Bucks to start the year. Tom Brady and company playing host. Dak Prescott coming into Tampa. What a great way to start the year. Dak gets his fresh new deal. Ezekiel Elliott, all the money on the line. The Cowboys where they are. And the Cowboys find themselves in an interesting scenario, don't they? But for them to go on the road, a marquee matchup, the ratings would be through the roof. I know the thought process is, well, the Cowboys are going to draw no matter what. Now, put them on Thursday night. The ratings for the NFL last year were good. They weren't great. They weren't fantastic. That game will blow everything else out of the water. It will. So, Cowboys at Bucks week one, game one, to start the year. That's my first marquee matchup. Then, you know, Sunday night football. I was looking at this as well, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We need you, baby. The Chiefs will be at home Sunday night. Again, these are my my suggestions. What the NFL does, Cowboys start the year at the Buccaneers Thursday night. Sunday night, the Chiefs play host to the Browns. It was maybe the best game of the postseason. It was the most competitive, wasn't it? I know there's a lot of thought process. Well, let's have the Bills and the Chiefs play each other again. I want to see that during the year. The Browns won a postseason game, beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, had Kansas City on the ropes. Had Kansas City. Kansas City had to get a first down on a fourth down, right, with Chad Henning because Mahomes had gotten knocked out of the game. Remember that? 
So I just think the Browns prove it. Prove it, Cleveland. Prove it. It's kind of like when you're playing horse. Got to prove it. I want to see Cleveland prove it. So my Sunday night matchup to start the year, the Browns at Kansas City. Uh, I was thinking about Monday night as well and looking at a matchup that would be, you know, captivating for Monday night. We are hearing that what the NFL may not do a doubleheader this year, may not have a Monday night doubleheader. Okay, we're going to say that's true. No Monday night doubleheader this year. Okay, looking at this, you know, you want a marquee matchup. You know, I've given you a couple of divisional matchups. So we're going to go conference matchups, or a couple of conference matchups. We're going to go out of conference matchup. Uh, Monday night football to start the year, the Ravens host the Packers. That way you don't burn a home game for Green Bay. The Ravens get a home game. I've kind of ignored a little bit of that area of the country, right, with the, the Browns and the Bucks and the Chiefs and the in the Browns. So we give the Northeast a little flair here. The Packers go to Baltimore to start the year. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, last two MVPs, right? Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, the last two MVPs. So my prime time slate to start the year for the NFL schedule comes out. NFL made the announcement. It's going to be May 12th. As of right now, Cowboys at Bucks Thursday night, start the year. Chiefs play host to the Browns Sunday night football and Monday night football features the Packers on the road against Baltimore. And here in the state of Florida, of course, I'm not going to ignore the Dolphins and the Jaguars. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for the opportunity that the NFL has here. Should, should the Jets draft what? Zach Wilson with the second overall pick. We know the Jaguars are going to draft Trevor Lawrence with a number one overall pick. So we got Lawrence and Wilson going one, two. It just happens to be this year that the Jaguars play the Jets. Opening day, afternoon game, Jaguars in New York to take on the Jets. The number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, taking on the number two pick in the draft. We had that a couple years ago. It was Jameis and Marcus Mariota where the Bucks played the the Titans out of the gate. Now fast forward to five years later, and neither of those guys are there anymore. But I still think this would be a good good fit. I still think this would be a good poll. So let's see Trevor Lawrence in New York, where everybody thought he was going to be. Trevor Lawrence starting off. Well, Trevor Law- everybody's just said that Trevor Lawrence he's not going to be a Jet. He'll never start in New York. Well, probably not. But let's 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 give New York a little a little taste of what could have happened. So I like. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars starting the year in New York against the Jets. The Dolphins are a little bit tougher because I look at their schedule. There's not a lot of excitement on there for Miami, but I do have one. I would see if anybody on their schedule, because I was thinking maybe if they play the Eagles, we we could do the Dolphins and the Eagles. We could have Tua, Jalen Hurts. What a matchup in week one. Well, Dolphins don't play the Eagles this year. So then I look at the Patriots. If the Patriots somehow draft Mac Jones, then how about the Dolphins and the Patriots to start the year? My only concern of that is Mac Jones goes to the Patriots. Then Cam Newton's probably going to start and Mac Jones is going to sit for a while. So that game may be pushed back a little bit. It's just tough to find anything with the Dolphins on here that's interesting. I thought maybe the Dolphins and the Panthers, Sam Darnold, but that why the NFL, why would you want to do that? So if I am the NFL Again, this is going to have to wait till after the draft, and that's why they're going to wait till after the draft to do this. The Dolphins are the only one that I'm struggling to find an opponent with. Dolphins, Patriots, so you can have the Tua Tungaviola, Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback connection out of the gate. So that's my idea, at least for the schedules coming out May 12th. The NFL also made the announcement that they're going to have a couple of rule changes. One, the numbers shuffle a little bit. You can use single digits for like linebackers and certain position players. I, I okay, fine. We I think we hit on this a couple of weeks ago. I like it. I like it. I, I like I like the setup of different numbers at different positions. I think it'd be cool to have a center have the number zero or double zero. 
I, you know, I don't like, well, receivers are 81 through 89. Why? Why? Well, so we can identify positions. Oh, come on. But baseball doesn't have this problem. We got 11 guys on the field. How, how difficult is it? Look at the number on the back of the jersey. What, the, why does it matter? So this is a little bit of loosening of that, loosening of that rule. I like that. Um, they, they decided to table a couple of rules too. They decided to table the idea, at least the concept, the idea of the onside kick going away. They adjusted the onside kick a little bit. What they've done is you're now allowed to have nine players within 25 yards of the ball. What does that mean? Well, that's just positioning on where the kicker is kicking. You used to have to put so many people on the other side of the kicker, which really, really killed your chances. Last year, three out of 67 onside kicks were recovered. Only three out of 67. So now you can have nine guys within 25 yards of the ball. What does that mean? That means you can put more guys on the side that's trying to recover the football. They don't get a running start, but they have a better chance. Remember, you used to have one a kicker, one guy on the other side of the kicker, and then nine guys, you know, going after the ball. They had 10-yard starts. Well, you, you killed the 10-yard start, right? The running start or whatever it was. And now at this point, you can have those guys over there. It's going to increase the chances. They, they tabled a proposal, was it by Baltimore, where you'd have one 15-yard untimed down to pick up 15 yards and you'd get the ball back. I, I like the fact that they're trying to save the onside kick. They're still trying to keep it around. So that was the one thing that I saw there. Uh, so yeah, the NFL is trying to tinker with the onside kick to bring back at least a competitive chance to get it only three out of 67 kicks last year. Uh, one thing that I did think was so interesting. Another idea from the Ravens that it got, it got shelved. It got tabled. It, <laughs> it was in overtime. You could have one of two options in overtime. You could pick the ball. If you won the coin toss, you have one of two options. You could pick the yard line where you started, but the other team got to pick the opponent who had the ball first. So let's say I win the coin toss and I say, I want the ball first. Well, the other team gets to pick where I start. Well, I'm going to pick, you're going to start on your own one yard line. So if you won the coin toss and you said, we're going to start at the 30, then the other team could pick whether they wanted the ball or not. Well, of course you'd say, yeah, I'll take it. Or you could pick, <laughs> think about that. Think about how crazy, it, but it's a gimmicky thing, right? Because nobody would ever come out and say, oh, we want the ball. The other team's never going to say, okay, you have it at the 10. You're always going to bury them at the one. And no team is going to come out and say, all right, um, it's going to start at the 30-yard line. No other team's going to say, well, okay, we'll kick then. It's not going to happen. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a little quirky, fun, but was never practical. What This is an idea that's just not practical. It's not, but still fun nonetheless. This is very simple over time. It's very simple in overtime what you do. I, 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 I've been thinking about this for oh, a couple hours. Once I saw the article, I'm like, wait a second. This just makes sense. Everything is geared toward the home field, right? Home field advantage, home field, home field, home field. They say is worth three and a half points in the NFL. Well, this is the way I look at it. If you are a road team in the National Football League and it's tied and going to overtime, you deserve to be rewarded. If you're a road team and the game's tied, you've done your job, right? If you're a road team in this league and the game is tied, you deserve to have the ball first. Everything's built into the home field advantage. You get to sleep in your home. You get to sleep in your own bed. You get your fans. You get all of those things. So what I would like to see every single overtime in the NFL, regardless of regular season or postseason, if the game is tied, the road team gets the ball first. You've earned that. You've earned that by keeping the game tied as it heads into overtime. I'm going to reward the visiting team. They get the ball on their own 25-yard line. Start. That's just how overtime is going to start. Ball on your own 25-yard line. Road team. All the time. All the time regardless. I don't care if the home team scored three touchdowns in the final four minutes to tie it. 
road team gets the ball first. I'm going to reward the road team for pushing whoever was at home into overtime. So there's we are. There's where we are with the NFL. A uh, couple other things: the Olympics, the IOC. As we transition here, coming out and saying that <laughs> they are going to punish those that protest during the Olympics. There's no place for politics. That's all the Olympics is, is political. Don't believe me? How often do you root for other countries? Is it okay to root for another country against the United States? If you are, then you're anti-American. Isn't that political? Seriously, have you ever rooted for somebody that wasn't an American in the Olympics? No, I'm an American. Well, then it's all about politics. It's all about countries. I can't think of me ever going, man, I hope Belarus beats us. <laughs> it just don't work that way. We just It's not what it is. The most iconic moment in sports is probably the Miracle on Ice, right? The Red Army. That's all political. Tommy Smith and John Carlos, fists clinched in the air. That's all political. All political. All of it. It's all political. And I think it's also, it's a, awful high and mighty, the IOC, who, you know, gave the winter games, what, eight years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. Longer than that. Gave it to them 12 years ago, but they had it six years ago. To Russia, who then just basically spent $20 billion on it of their own money to create this Olympic site in the middle of the mountains that wasn't really there. And because it's all garbage, man, you bankrupt it. Look what happened to Athens. This country's bid on it. They bankrupt themselves and you can say, well, it's their own fault, but come on, this is all political. It's all about money. It's all about staging grounds. So the Olympics, the IOC came out and said, even though the United States has greenlit, look, you can do certain things. If you do that, the United States has basically said, do what you want. The International Olympic Committee said, no, 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 you can't. You can't. You can wear, and I want to make sure I get these words right because I want to make sure this is okay. Um, you can wear shirts uh, that say peace, respect, solidarity, <laughs> equality. You can wear shirts like that, but you just can't like kneel or put a clenched fist in the air or I, you, can't, you can't draw attention to yourself, even though you can wear shirts that have those things, that say those things. So it's like, what do you, here's your pre-approved list of ways to protest. It's kind of not how protests work. It's kind of, it's kind of like when, like why Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Like, well, I don't mind if he protests. It's just not where I can see it and on his own time. <laughs> okay, whatever. So if he does it on Twitter, shut up and play basketball. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and play football. Come on. So with this, I, I don't care. I, I don't care if somebody takes a knee during the national anthem. Oh, it's disrespectful. Um, we're going to ban you. Oh, I give it exactly what five events into a medal ceremony before somebody does something. And what are you going to do? Going to kick them out of the Olympics? They instantly become a folk hero. They instantly get notoriety. They instantly are the number one story in the world, regardless of their sport. What's the first sport that ends like fencing? I think the first sport that they, they award a medal in is fencing. Well, once that happens, somebody's going to do something and you're going to have your first gold within a day and somebody's going to somebody's going to take a knee. They're going to kick them out. It's going to be national news. They're going to be on the front page of every newspaper. What newspaper still exists? They're going to be everywhere. So it's one of these things that when I watch the Olympics, at least to be interesting. Oh, they're going to kneel. Oh, they're not going to kneel. Okay. They're going to. Okay. That's great. And for the people who say, I don't want to see it. Well, then, Okay. There's a lot of things I don't want to see, but if I see it, it's okay. Like if I see somebody kneel, if somebody wins a gold medal for their country and takes a knee, what, that lessens the accomplishment because they took a knee? Think about how shallow you are if you think that. 
good enough, trained enough to win a gold medal for their country, but they can't do something to show respect and pride. Well, there's a place and a time for that. Oh, stop it. There's no place and time for that. Where, where, where is the right place in the right time? A march on Washington, peaceful protests. Stop it. You don't like those either. You run over those. People get run over in cars with those. So, yeah, I'm okay with the, the, the international Olympic committee is not the USOC is okay with it. So who baby let this clash begin in Tokyo. And again, people would say, well, I'm not going to watch it. I don't watch anyway. What if somebody that's in kayaking or cycling demonstrates, well, I'm not going to what, not watch a sport you don't watch. Um, wanted to wrap up with Keontae Johnson, a Florida Gator basketball player, of course. You know the story by now. Um, collapses on the court against Florida State. Uh, doesn't play the rest of the year. Sits out. Hasn't been cleared medically yet. Keontae decides he's not going to enter the NBA draft. Wise decision. Wise decision. Because no NBA team is going to touch him. This is one of those harsh reality discussions. Why would I draft somebody that's not been medically cleared? That has a heart issue? Well, it has nothing to do with COVID. Okay, so it's pre-existing. COVID, if it had something to do with COVID, I could sit there and say, well, if you're a long hauler, I can invest in you. I can put you in the D-League for a while. Um, I can follow you. Maybe I can stick you in Europe. I, 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 I can have the rights to you. Three or four years, we can figure this out. But if you're telling me that it's not COVID-related, that tells me that you have a serious medical condition that existed before COVID, which, oh boy, I am not going to Reggie Lewis this thing. I am not going to Hank Gathers this thing. No way, Jose. No way. This isn't a Marcus Lattimore situation where the Niners draft a running back that tears up his ACL, has multiple surgeries, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take a flyer on him in the fourth round. If I get a couple good years out of him, that's fine. There was no danger that he was going to die on the field. If you aren't medically cleared for something that happened in November, right, December, early December, November, and it's almost May, that's half a year, gang. That's half a year. So the Keontae Johnson, he's not going to enter the NBA draft. Well, it's good because nobody's going to touch him. This isn't football where you have, what, seven rounds and then a bunch of compensatory picks. This isn't baseball where you have, you know, two days, three days worth of draft picks, 40 rounds, 50 rounds with baseball now. Sometimes 40 rounds, 50 rounds is what it is now. Is that what it is? Basketball's got two rounds. Got two rounds. So I'm glad that he's coming back. We'll see what happens to him physically. I hope he can play. I hope he can. Good kid. Did everything right. Hopefully, medically, his body agrees and he can play again. But this is going to return, not going to enter the NBA. Whoever is advising him, smart man or lady, smart people who is advising him. Because from a basketball standpoint, no way do you touch him. No way. I'm not going to have a Reggie Lewis and Hank Gathers on my hands if I'm an NBA team. Nope. No, it's not really a limb bias situation. It's, uh, uh, and well, it's not COVID related. That's can be even scarier because you tell me you had something else. That's the problem. So there you go. All right. Harp on sports, the bar podcast, radio, audio network, follow, share, like, subscribe, all that at harp on sports, Twitter, Instagram, uh, harp on sports, Facebook page, 
uh, harponsports.com, Harp on Sports YouTube channel. So there you go. Appreciate it. Stay strong. Stay clean. Stay focused. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.